What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. This week, we're here to talk about the UFC card going down this weekend. 14 fights with an early start time, 11.30 a.m. Eastern time, going down in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, nice to be joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy. How are we doing this week, my man? Doing great. You know, hot off. Uh, was at an awesome wedding this past weekend. Uh, parlayed into a long weekend, so I'm, I'm super recharged. Ready for summer, which uh, started yesterday. For those who uh, who are not in, in in tap with you know the the solstice and the, you know all, all those kinds of things, um, obviously that I you know Gemini season no you know no relation ends right before, um, but yeah I'm feeling great. I, I didn't get to watch the event in full last week, but I did see a few fights. They were all bangers. I would give that that fight card overall probably like a nine out of ten. Honestly, it was awesome. And uh, and yeah, it went it went pretty well for you though, right? Just about as good as a fight night card could go, wouldn't you say? It did, it did. It went very well. Um, it was uh five point six units track for me. Ooh. Um, biggest uh biggest card win um ever. Just slightly etched out a few weeks later. You know the units be going up and shit. Um, mm. bet bet six hundred dogs on the money line. Four of them came through. Ooh. Um, nice. And, Got got lucky with some props though. Saruki and KO and the GTD in the main event. I got a little lucky. Got to recognize when I got lucky. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a very good event. Uh, I I agree. It was from an entertainment perspective very good as well. Uh, officiating uh, the judges, the fucking referees, bro. Man, we're, we're we're fucked. I mean, guys, we are fucked because the officiating in this sport is down bad. We're gonna need some massive overhauls of this shit. Um, but uh. Yeah, it was a real, real good card. My boy Armin Petrosian came through in the heated mm. debate in the in the co-main event. Or, uh, a lot of um, light kicks. A lot of amazing. Light kicks Way more strikes over the full fifteen minutes. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I re-listened to that segment after after the fight got over, and uh, I got a little bit of a chub on just re-listening to how incredibly accurate I was uh in that discussion uh and how foolish you sounded at times that was really satisfying uh, what, what, what what was that what was i thinking going picking the uh the brit against the fucking russian what in, or yeah. the armenian, armenian whatever he is yeah. yeah but he hangs out the russian Idi- idiotic move um and and yeah it was just dumb but um but yeah that, that was great bet by you obviously plus money cash for you there um, I didn't really, I mean, I didn't really get involved in it. Like I said, it was a big wedding this weekend, but I want to just spotlight from the best division in, in the sport to the best bet in sports, the best sweat in sports. And that's when you have the goals, the distance, and it doesn't need to be the main event, but if it's in the main event, five rounder, even better. And these guys are fucking wailing on each other. And you're just like, I don't know, sometimes it's the biggest bet you have of the night and you just can't take it. Like you feel every punch that Marvin Vittori is getting hit with. And and you're just rooting for him to be able to just like you know shoot a takedown or something like that and get and you just clenching so tightly the whole time. So for people that bet you know the unders and just complain and whine and cry, dude, th- there was not one knockdown in that fight. So it's which is the best part when you're betting the ghost distance. You're like, no, don't go down, don't go down. You know, clinch, do something. But you know these 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 people that uh, bet the unders, dude, they don't know what they're missing, man. Become an overs guy. Become a goes a distance person. It's the best way to watch MMA. It is, yeah. I mean, you know, some uh, ball sports. You know, the, the, you bet the over, it means more points. It means a better game. Some people might think if you bet the under in fights, it means there's a finish and that's better. But sometimes, you know, it's better to see the full fight and get, you know, absolutely get all and this data. Down, download all this data, like. 
Like who who who, who what's like who's the commentator that always says downloading data? I, I think don't it's know, Dom Cruise. I think it's Dom, Dom Cruise. Cruise. It is Dom Cruise. You know, you know he torrents a lot, so he downloads a lot of freaking data. So, uh, but yeah, let's let's get into this week's fight because there's a it's chock full of them. So we got fourteen fights. We got a uh, lot of them. Starting off in the premier division division of the UFC, Cody Brundage taking on Cedricus Dumas. Uh, and the odds for this one have uh, Brundage minus one seventy five, Dumas plus one fifty. Um, very low level fight. I mean, both these guys are atrocious. Um, and after betting against Dumas in his last fight and knowing how badly he sucks, I could never imagine that I would be betting on him in the fight directly after that. Also, both these guys coming in uh, in the top uh, the top list of worst UFC fighters of the past three years. You know, the, the discussion that's sweeping MMA Twitter. Some guy out there made a list of uh, the, the worst fighters in the UFC. Both these guys are on that list. Cedricus Dumas is higher on that list. But um, that's why you're getting him a plus, plus money here. I got him plus 165. Small bet, just three quarters of of a unit because uh, it's basically purely a fate of Cody Brundage. Brundage's last two fights, right, guys? He takes down McCall Ola Chasechuk 10 seconds in. He still gasses out and, and gets finished two minutes later. He pieces up Rodolfo uh, Vieira, drops him with a punch. He still gets finished in the next round. It's like no matter how good this guy's fights go early on, he still finds a way to collapse and lose. So Dumas's skill is terrible. I think the guy's a quitter. He's a bum. But the same goes for Cody Brundage, and one of these guys is near minus 200, so I'm fading Brundage with a small bet on Dumas here to start the night, get the juices flowing. Any thoughts on this bum fight between these two guys here, Ozzy? My biggest takeaway from the Dumas fight, his first fight, which we were all over Josh Fremm in that fight, big you know, big, big dollars on that one. It was one of the bigger bets that made this year, I think, um, was that he just so light in the ass. like He just looked weak. Josh Fremm was just tossing, moving him around too easily, or very easily, I should say. Um, and he just, it, you know, he just gave up with that when he got choked. It, it just was a bad look overall for his brand um, and him, you know, as a fighter. And Cody Brundage, you know, I just feel even if this fight gets extended, he probably has the better cardio training endeavor. Um, he, pro- he probably is the most reliable in the rounds two and three for a technique. It would be his wrestling, getting this guy down on the ground. And probably submitting him. And I just, after seeing Dumas, I just think that he has like legitimately low, like zero skill. Um, and Brundage at least has been in the UFC for a while. But no way would I bet on him, you know, here. Um, it's pure gambling. So, I mean, this is an early fight. Maybe, maybe you wait to, to, to dive in on this one. But I just don't really see how um, Dumas is going to approach Brundage with how we, the big strength difference is going to be here. And not get taken now. But, you know, Brundage is an idiot, though, so. I don't get how this guy was, like, he was the fresher fighter versus Nick Maximov in round three. And then lately, he's just been completely collapsing, like, the first sign of adversity. He He's an interesting guy, uh, Brundage is. Um, but um, that'll move us along to the next fight, flyweight division. Um Putting this one on early for the for the Japanese here is Tatsuru Tyra undefeated prospect taking on Cleetson Rodriguez in the flyweight division. Tyra's the favorite, minus two sixty five. Rodriguez plus two twenty five. What a fucking fight, bro! These guys, this is a great matchup. I'm excited for this one. Your turn to start it off. Yeah, this is an interesting fight. When they tangle up, it's it's definitely going to be exciting. Um, I'm I'm just interested in seeing more of uh more of Tyra. You know, extending. You know the fights out a little bit here. I do think he potentially had like if they do hit the ground, like Tyra's just good at getting uh, good angles on the mat, you know, and attacking you in you know more 
um, at, at you know just different degrees and different ways and planes than um, than a lot of guys, right? You know, some people are kind of a little bit more direct, um, whereas he he's kind of snaking his way around people, you know, in a in, in a deliberate but unique uh, unorthodox fashion. Um, but yeah, so I want to just see this fight get extended a little bit. Cleetson, I think, does have some some good power in the feet, good combinations, well-rounded. So, you know, I think it's fair to maybe uh, want to take him as a dog shot. But I think potentially this fight could be a live bet fight because, you know, we could see this fight be definitely be competitive early, you know, and then maybe, you know, you're able to get Tyra, you know, into a second or third round where, you know, you're hoping that or you're looking for him to get his grappling going and be able to win a round or finish a fight that way. And he does it. Um, but, yes. Yeah, this fight should be dynamite. It should be really exciting. Yeah, that's a good point there about the the live bet because um, you know, Cleedson, we saw him on bottom in round two versus Vergara, but he was actually the one who initiated that takedown, and then the second they hit the mat, Vergara reversed and he ends up on top. So I don't know that we've ever actually seen Cleedson taken down in uh in his MMA career. So if he's you know landing some shots, defending some early takedowns, we could see Tyra drop into the you know minus uh, one ninety range, you know, get get like a slight favorite, and then uh, I mean Tyra's gas tank though, man, look really good against candelario i mean he he you know maybe had some adversity in that fight and he battled right through it and just was battling the entire time so i think tyra his cardio is super legit i think his striking is getting better and his grappling is obviously really really sick so i just think that um you know cleveland is probably gonna have to knock tyra out to win the fight and i don't think he's gonna do that i think tyra will eventually get the fight to the floor um probably get a back take this guy's so crafty with his back takes and um you know, uh, Rodriguez, he, I was watching the fight against Vergara. He almost like backflipped out of a back take at one point though, because Vergara had his back and the way he reversed it was just incredible. So this is going to have a lot of fun scrambles. It's going to be a really good fight. Um, Tyra plus 155 on sub is, is, is sort of tempting because I just think he's going to relentlessly pursue the takedowns here and the back takes will be there. He could wrap up that sub at any moment. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see this one. It's a, it's a good step up uh, for, for Tyra here. Uh, Cleetson is a good fighter, uh, very good striking. And I'm just interested in this one all around. So I can't wait to see, to see this fight. Um, and, uh, they're definitely putting it on early on the card. So the Japanese viewers can watch. Uh, and that's going to bring us to the, the featherweight division next. Uh, and we have Jamal Emers taking on Jack Jenkins here. Um, we have Emers minus 202 plus 172 on Jenkins. Um, both two good fighters here. I, I like both these guys. Um, Jenkins it looks like a good prospect to me, man. He uh, is, you know, clearly steadily improving. You know, he lost to Medina early in his career fought him in a rematch destroyed him i think his takedown defense and defensive grappling is really solid and then on the feet i just think he's very measured he he uh has a good jab he throws a lot of leg kicks he doesn't chase finishes he doesn't put himself out of position much i think he's a very methodical fighter but it does seem like he is like a decision type of fighter it seems like he's not interested in you know pursuing finishes he's looking at winning fights in safe fashion and efficient fashion as well so uh, i think that his game here is going to be looking to to light kick emmers to negate that reach disadvantage here and um you know the grappling i could see either of these guys uh, initiating the grappling on each other but i think they're both solid and i don't think they're they're gonna you know uh get any super dominant positions on the mat so i just see this being a close competitive fight throughout i think it will hit the uh the decision here and i think i i did bet on that i have a, a pretty sizable bet 1.75 units on the goes to distance here also have a one unit bet on jenkins just because i think this line is uh, is disrespecting jenkins here i mean we were on um 
uh, Emerus in his last fight uh, as a dog. Obviously, that line was wrong, but it's interesting to see that he was so undervalued against a complete fraud, a fraud prospect in Ashkabov. And now we have a legit prospect in Jenkins, who we actually have a good amount of footage on. And now Jenkins is the one getting severely underrated here at plus 180 odds here. So I like Jenkins' money line. I like this fight to go the distance. And uh, obviously, I think Jenkins' decision at plus 330 is probably good for a bet as well, too. Uh, any thoughts on this fight here, Ozzy? Good, really good matchup. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So we talked about this one before, uh, you know, recording here. And this is my favorite bet, I think, of the uh, of the card. And that is either the over or the goes goes the distance, whatever price, you know, uh, is best. Probably, you know, split a little bit in between the two. Um, because I just find it hard to see these guys finish each other. You know, I mean, I think the biggest thing would be obviously Jenkins is a leg kick guy, right? He has he is at a reach disadvantage here. So he probably is in that range to throw those leg kicks even less, you know, that it, or less than uh he usually is. Um and Emmer's overall, he just, you know, you saw in that last fight he was circling the cage, you know, plenty, and that was in the small cage. Um and and if you look at his his career, he doesn't have he's not really a round one finish kind of guy. Um, a, a number of his finishes are in like later rounds, round two, round three. Um, but they're against much lower level guys than I think Jenkins is. Um, Jenkins' ground game, I think, is fine in terms of the submission defense. Um, if you see, there's footage of him rolling with Craig Jones, looks pretty good there, probably better than you know the other guys, definitely that that uh, Jones is uh was going against. And Emmers, we saw against Pat Sabatini, he ain't no wizard on the mat, right. So, um, you know, on the feet, I think Jenkins will be able to 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 get respect from Emmers. You know, Emmers will probably be is gonna be looking to jab, avoid leg kicks, you know, maybe not mix it up. We could see some clinch fighting here. Um, so I, I can see it's definitely being a close fight. I've, obviously, I don't like Emmers. I don't think he's a smart fighter. I don't really think he does anything overwhelmingly well. So I I, I wouldn't mind J Jenkins uh, you know, decision here, but I'm all over the the goes the distance here. I'll be surprised to see his fight finish. Um, but Jamal Emers has done extraordinary things in the past, both uh, mo mostly on the bad side, maybe on the good side a few times. But he went the distance with freaking Vince Cachero, dude. So come on, let's go. Goes the distance here. Next fight is a, a fight that I would be uh, the opposite. Shocked to see go the distance, and that's the lightweight division. Trevor Peak taking on Chepe Mariscal. Uh, Chepe, uh, historically, uh, uh, kind of like a, a regional journeyman, but a good, really good fighter, I think, actually. Uh, fought a ton of guys, and he's finally making his way into the UFC here. I like to see it, uh, but he is coming in on very short notice. He is moving up in weight, and the odds, though, are respecting him. He is the slight favorite, minus 115, Trevor Peak, minus 105. A lot of action coming in on Mariscal. Uh, you know, what do you think about this line movement? Oz? he was plus 150 early in the week, and now he's slightly favored. The market is all over Mariscal here. You know, Mariscal, he's very well known in the MMA circles, right? You look at this guy's record for absolute murderers, all right? This guy ain't scared of nobody, and that's probably how and why he's dating uh, one of my MMA crushes, Claire Guthrie. And you don't get a, Claire, a girl like Claire Guthrie if you're afraid to go into the fire. And Mariscal definitely is not. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the fact is though, the guy used to, you know, he's fought at 135. Um, a lot of his career has been at 145, but he's a kill or be killed kind of guy. A lot of times, sometimes, you know, he gets dropped a lot. You know, I, I don't know what the stats are, right? It'd be awesome if, you know, there'd be like some AI that could watch all these fucking fights and then say, you know, let us know just how these, 
uh, UFC guys, right? How many times they've been knocked down and shit. But it would definitely be a lot <laughs> for Jose Mariscal. <laughs> or it'd be like, how many punches has this guy taken? It's a significant amount. Uh, but he also dishes it out. And, you know, so he should have a ground advantage here, I think, on, you know, on the technique side, technical side. Um, Trevor Peak, though, definitely has durability advantage, I think. I think he has, like, the grit. Like, he has just, like, a different kind of grit. Because I don't want to say, like, you know, the Jose Mariscal is not looking, is not gritty, not looking to hurt you, you know, get in there, mix it up. But this dude looks like he could conjure up, you know, the, you know, the, the dead souls of, like, his freaking ancestors you know to to make him just want to fight harder and uh you know knock out one extra guy in the bar um so he's and he's a street fighter so one of these guys should get finished i don't mind taking you know uh trevor peak here um but i wish uh, jose marisco a lot of luck i'm i i think it's for me trevor peaker pass because the only way i would like marisco is if i really think grappling would play a role here and i i just think that it probably is not so i'll, I'll go with uh, trevor peak yeah, I'm on the same page and uh want to give a shout out to my boy Joey Coco, who's a big fan of Trevor Peak. Uh and I wonder why. A, I wonder he's why. Been, he's been a believer. Well, this guy's got the remember, he's got the strongest neck ever, right? They measured his fucking Pause. neck. Pause. <laughs> yo. Hey, um, yo. They measured his neck strength at the UFC PI, and they, it was like they it was the strongest they've ever measured. And so this guy oh, seems like awesome. he's, he's <laughs> a, yo, he said remember, like like <laughs> Let people actually remember that shit. No, bro, that was a big talking point for my boy Joey Coco before the last oh, fight. Um, but I've learned my lesson, bro. I've learned my lesson. I'm evolving. I bet against Trevor Peak in the last fight, Eric Gonzalez, not the guy to feed him with. And uh, Trevor Peak got that one done. And now I'm learning my lesson. I am on Trevor Peak in this spot. Uh, I, I have uh, minus 110, which is you know a little bit worse than what the odds are out there now. But um, yeah, just like Ozzy said, Mariscal's success here, if he's winning the fight, I think it's going to be heavily based in the grappling. If this fight stays standing, Mariscal is probably a better technical striker. But I mean, Peak is bigger. He's the much more natural 155er. The guy clearly hits hard. Even though his striking uh, technique is whack, the guy finds a way to land bombs. And when he does, guys go down. So um, if Mariscal is winning, he's going to have to come out and just shoot nonstop takedowns. And he could do that. But if you watch his career, uh, the guy kind of enjoys brawling. He kind of embraces uh, high variance fights and he does pretty well in them, but he does well in them against 135ers, 145ers. Uh, and I just think that peak is a little bit going to be a little too big, a little too wild. And a little too powerful for Mary Skull here. And eventually, Mary Skull is going to get hit with something and go down. And honestly, like thinking about this more, bro, at pick them line, I think there should, I might even have to add more on, on peak here because I just think this guy is probably going to be getting better, right? He's been in the UFC for uh, almost a year now. I think he's, he's bound to show some improvements in his technique. And the guy has good intangibles, his durability, his cardio, his, his, his power. And I just think that that's probably going to lead him to the win here. And the Trevor peak fade will come. I mean, like someone is going to be able to beat this guy, obviously, but is it going to be a regional one forty five or coming in on a week's notice? I don't think so. Uh, so I wish Mariscal the best. I think he will win UFC fights down at 145 after this fight, but this will be an L for him here. And that's going to move us along to another fight with a similar story uh, of in the 125 division, Zhalgash Shumagulov taking on uh, debutant Joshua Van. Van coming in here on pretty short notice, just about two weeks notice. And the odds have Zhumagulov minus 205, Van plus 175. So Van is 
uh, one of the youngest fighters in the UFC. He says he's 21 years old. Uh, and this guy, he went, he had his first amateur fight in December of 2020, four amateur fights and eight pro fights in the span of two years. So this guy is obviously a workhorse. He's been fighting nonstop, getting better. Uh, and the guy looks like he's pretty solid. You know, I, I don't think that we have a, a really sound idea of how good he is because his competition has been fairly uh, mediocre. But I think, you know, just watching the guy move in there, he, he, he's he's technical. He has an idea of what he wants to do. And I think uh, he probably will stick around to win some fights. But I don't know about beating Zumagula up here because Van, he just looks a little too slow and methodical in there. It looks like he he's not the type of guy to put on pressure or put up a high amount of strikes. He kind of takes fights as almost sparring sessions and, and picks his shots and finds a way to win the fight. But I don't think that that's going to work against Zuma Gulov here. Zuma Gulov is a little too experienced and seasoned. And I just don't see anywhere, any area of the fight. He has an advantage over Zuma Gulov. I think Zuma Gulov is the better, uh, the better wrestler, likely the better striker as well. But um, Zuma Gulov historically, just not a guy who wins fights super clearly. You know, everyone knows his history with split decisions. I think he's had what four split decisions in the UFC. Um, no, not quite that many, but, um, but you know, just he's in historically close fights, even before the UFC majority decision, split decision. He, people thought he beat Piva, but he lost that decision. People thought he beat uh, Molina and Johnson, but he lost both of those decisions. So he's just not a guy that you can back a minus 200. So I think Zuma Gulov will get the job done, uh, but I don't see any bets on the fight. I like so far. What about you? Any thoughts on the short notice fight? Man, yeah, I was honestly laughing at when you were talking about Trevor Peak and uh, how you were like, ah, oh, man, you know, he's not that good, but he's getting better. And, you know, he's got the great intangibles and things like that. And it just made me think of like how uh, guys would describe like white quarterbacks about like why they're going to make it in the NFL. And they're like, you know, he's not great, but the intangibles and he sees the, the field. Playmaker. And I, ex no, not a playmaker. They're like, you know, he just, he's just, a, you know, he's a, he's a, a football guy. Yeah, no, yeah, no, none of that, Martian. Let me just go. And uh, and I just thought that, like, man, like, Martian's really trying to advocate for the white male here. Um, and you did it again right here. And you did it earlier for Jack Jenkins. So, but, Zuma you know, Gulov's you did Asian. it. Whatever, dude. But uh, so is this other guy. But this guy's obviously more Caucasian. Um, but anyway, True. he's Asian, but Asian, he's your Asian. Um, he's yeah. not my Asian. He's not my Asian. Um, my Asian in this matchup is going to be Joshua uh, Van. Does he have like a, another? Is there another part of his name? It's just Van. I guess Whatever. it's just Van. So yeah, I mean, I thought this guy was actually older than he uh, that he looks, or older than he is. I don't know which one. He looks older, but than he is, but he is older than he looks. I guess. Um, or not. I don't know. But anyway, the guy, I mean, pretty well put together, you know, dude. Um, I think he he picks his opportunities, you know, well. I don't think he's gonna be afraid of the big stage here. Um, Zumagulov could maybe overwhelm, but his just cardio just doesn't it, it doesn't um stay really uh you know well into that third round. And this is gonna be like his third weight cut in like five weeks or something like that. I don't I don't know, but he's he's had like the other two fights were like the day off, right? They got canceled. Or like last week, right? So he's cut weight last week or the week before. Which way? How many weeks was it ago? Was yeah. it last week? I was last it was week, two, right? I think it might have been two, two weeks ago. Two no, weeks? no, no, you're right. Okay. It was. It was Bunez. You're right. Week. It was last week. But yeah, so it was last week. And then he was like the first week of the month or some shit like no, that. No, that was week. May, 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 May 22nd. No, May 6th. That was like five May weeks 6th. ago. Okay, five weeks. So whatever. He's got three weight cuts in five weeks. And he's not really a small 125er, I wouldn't say. Um, But whatever. I just don't Good really point. think Zuma. 
I don't really think Zumagulov is a guy that is going to dominate with the grappling. I know this guy didn't look that great grappling off his back, but in his last fight, he looked pretty good grappling offensively. He looks pretty strong to me. So I just think either it's going to go the distance, um, or I, I think if you bet goes the distance and Van, you're going to make money here. So basically fading Zumagulov, um, the finish, uh, Zumagulov finish, I think. Um, so I, I, I like going going something like that, or just going with Van, or just going with the goes distance. But I think that's the way that I'm going to attack it, person. Yeah, looking at the lines now, I, I think Zumagulov ITD at like four fifty five to one. Like, there's a, there is a chance that this guy's just nowhere near like the league of Zumagulov and Zumagulov. Zumagulov is not gonna. He don't finish. Well, bro, man, El Cop, he was landing bombs on. He on was. He was. He could. He can't keep that up though, dude. No, he can't. But you know what I'm saying? Like, there's just a small chance that this is a levels fight and Zuma Gulov does him. So, um, next fight is a banger of a women's fight. Great women's fight. Um, in the uh, strawweight division, Tabitha Ricci taking on Jillian Robertson. Odds for this one have uh, Ricci's slight favorite, minus 140, Robertson plus 120. Uh, amazing fight here. Two, two women who can actually fight two women that are actually very hot whoa one of them is sure? one of them is way hotter than the other and that is Jillian Robertson but uh it's your turn to start this one off so let's hear it uh yeah I mean a lot of people have uh, opinions on this one on both sides I mean Jillian she just when she's gone down to 115 like I mean she honestly looked pretty good the last fight was at 115 and you know she she did her thing you know she did what she had to do there you know to get the win um, I do like Jillian's grappling game for MMA more than Tabitha's because I mean, I mean, the last fight against uh Penny was impressive, you know, how she got to the armbar, but it was kind of going like the same way the other ones were going, where like the girl's in prone in guard and Tabitha reaches in front of her, standing over her, and stuff like that. But Jillian Robertson doesn't really do that. She's actually a good, like, little, like, mat, like, little slimy, you know, um, crafty little mat wrestler that's always looking to get up on these little single legs. He's a half guard, right? Whereas Jessica Panay and uh, Viana, they, they want to get the close guard and, you know, try to go for armbars and shit like that. Um, Jillian, so I don't think Jillian's wrong when she says, like, hey, like, I think my MMA grappling is better. Because, obviously, she's more accomplished. Like, she's shown that she's dominating girls and submitted them, right? Whereas uh, Tabitha Ricci, she's only submitted, uh, what's her name, um, Jessica. Um, and the second round, Jessica, like, took herself down. So, I don't know. I feel like if Jillian has a decent gas at 115, I think she could do well here. But I do think that Tabitha is a better conditioned athlete. So um, I think the line is, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if I really want to get involved beforehand, but I do think there's probably going to be some opportunity here for a, for a live bet because I could see if either of these girls get the takedown, you know, them looking good and then, you know, maybe the odds adjusting a bit too much and then they end up, you know, on their back in the next round, right? The, in the grappling exchanges, you know, it's, they're that close where it could go from one of the girls winning and dominating to the other girl winning and dominating because they don't really get grappled that often themselves. So sometimes, you know, it could be where their defense is not as good, or it could be where their defense is not as good as their offense. So I think it's a high-variance fight. I'm going to stay away from it, but I, I like the live bet angle here. What and if you, had, if you had to do a pick, who, who would you? Who if, would I had you a, if I had to pick one of them to, to win the fight, I think I'd probably pick Tabitha Ricci. Um, but uh but yeah just because i think she she more longevity for her 
in the fight. I see what you're saying, and like it could be like a back and forth situation where like maybe one woman gets a takedown in round one, and they look like they're dominating, and then all of a sudden it completely flips. But I do think probably whoever wins this fight is gonna look like a massive favorite. I think there's uh, it, it's more of a chance that this is like a dominant one side thing than it is a back and forth one. Um, so I understand, you know having either side here uh i think rishi does have a, a little bit more like horsepower behind her you know i think she she has a little more aggression and uh just maybe physicality to her um but uh you know robertson is, is way way more experienced uh way way more yeah way and more she, which she's fought uh at 125 she's held her own uh been a little undersized now she's at this new weight class did look really good and it, it's kind of a similar matchup to her last opponent in uh, whatever that woman's name was, uh, Piera. Piera, exactly. You know, um, you know, I think Pierre was slightly favored there as well when she is a, a heavily grappling based fighter, and you know, Ricci is in that same same kind of story. And, um, you know, I think that I think I will go slightly with Jillian in this one. I don't think I'm going to end up with a bet on it, uh, because I mean, this fight could really come down to who who gets the first takedown wins. Um, but I think that if if Either of these women are on their back. I think I trust Jillian Robertson to be able to get up and to reverse a little bit more than I do Ricci, just because we've seen Robertson way more throughout her career uh, in those situations. We've seen her get off a bottom while, you know, I don't know if we ever did that for, for Ricci. I think, and, and Ricci's competition so far, guys, extremely easy, obviously outside of her first fight with Fiero. But I mean, Oliveira, we know is a complete bum. Viana is a low level fighter who laid on her back for half that fight. And Penne is like 45 years old. Um, so this is, I think, the, by far the toughest test uh, from for Ricci ever since uh, Fierot. Um, and, uh, you know, for, for Robertson, I don't think that anything is going to be too too different for her. She's going to have a woman trying to take her down, and I think she's going to be uh, pretty adequately prepared for this one. So I like, uh, I think Robertson is the, the, the side at plus money, um, but this one should hit the scorecards. And I just think whoever wins is probably going to like 30-27 the other one. I don't think we're going to see a competitive fight here actually so um hot not take hot yeah. take not hot like a, take. yeah i don't have a conviction in this i think anyone who having like a convicted take in that one is a little foolish because i mean either woman could get taken down and lay on bottom so um next one is uh, a fun, fun uh men's fight that uh, takes place in the lightweight division we have uh mateus Rombetsky taking on loik rajabov and the odds for this one have uh, Rombetsky minus 144, uh, Rajabov plus 124. I don't have a good understanding of the Polish language because I don't know where the, the Rombetsky syllables come from with this guy's name, but that's how they pronounce it. So, um, you know, this is this is a good fight. You know, both guys, you know, experienced 17 wins. I think uh, for Rebecca, I think this is the toughest fight of his career by far. You know, just looking at the names of his guy, the guys he's fought, he's fought some good guys outside of the UFC with good records. Um, but I think Luik, uh at, at the higher level, much, much more experienced. Obviously, he's been in PFL for the past four or five years, fought a pretty good wide array of competition there. And he's looked good against some, bad against some, but he's largely kept all of his fights pretty close. So um, I think right off the bat, I'm going to say that I, I don't 
I don't love the laying juice on Rombetsky here, considering this is the toughest test of his career. But I also do think Rombetsky will get his hand raised here. I think the way it happens is, is you know, Rombetsky, he comes out with that just reckless aggression. This guy charges forward. He's almost is it like, Rebecca or Rombetsky? I'm pretty. They, when his last fight, they pronounced it Rombetsky. Um, okay, Rombetsky. Okay. He 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 almost like tr- like uh, is like trotting at his opponents. Like he has like this steady steady pressure and. And he's does he remind you of? Does he remind you of Johnny Hendricks a little bit? On the feet? I I think I, I oh yeah he does a little I, bit yeah that's a good he's like, I don't really remember Johnny. <laughs> I think I compared him to, um, a young Michael Chandler. Is that the guy? Is that mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it, maybe maybe that was somebody else this week? But I think no. Uh, you said you said uh you said Taporia reminded you of. Like, oh, oh okay okay yeah 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 okay yeah that's that's better that's better um. But yeah, that that's a good one from Hendricks because he does have that same like South Paul, you know, wrestling style. Um, but uh, Rombeski, I, I just think that 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 reckless aggression style is going to hit a wall, and uh, I think early on, uh, he's going to be charging out Loic with those strikes, and I think Loic's going to tie him up. We're going to see these guys wrestle in round one, and while Loic is fresh, I think he might even get the better of these wrestling exchanges. But uh, Loic, his t- his cardio kind of kind of fails him later on. I know that uh, Ribovic's fight was a little short notice for him, but that fight he was huffing and puffing late in that one, and. Luckily for him, uh, Ribovix has no takedown defense, and he was able to get takedowns. But he took him down 11 times in that fight, guys, and uh, he wasn't keeping him down. Um, so I think the second and third round do favor Rombetsky here. So I do probably see him hustling his way to to winning a decision likely here. Um, but also with, with with his cardio failing and with Rombetsky being an aggressive motherfucker, I think the, the round two, round three knockout props for Rombetsky here are likely worth a stab. I saw him on mm-hmm. Bet Online. Uh, 12 and 16 to one. You can get the combo on um, on FanDuel at plus 900 for a Rombetsky KO in the second or third round. So early on, I think it'll be close. We might even see Loic win round one. Uh, but I think eventually that cardio, the pace will favor Rombetsky here. And I think he can just work through that cardio a little bit better uh, than Loic can. So uh, any thoughts here? Yeah, I'm going with Re- Rebecca. I'm calling this guy Rebecca. That's cool. um, not that it really matters. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is an interesting fight. Everything you said, pretty valid. But I will say that um, what's it called? The Esteban guy that Loic fought is way better than Nick Fiore that this other dude fought. True. Um, and while you know Loic did at times look you know not too good there, you know he got hit and stuff like that. Um, sure notice. First, that was like the first fight of the night, I think. Uh, I believe. Um, yep. and the guy was throwing some good shots in there. You know, I'm not. I'm gonna give him credit, and he does actually have some jujitsu and was doing shit. Um, and did it? Didn't Nick Fiore get on top of this guy in like the third round? Yeah, second round, yeah. Second round, yeah. Second round. So I mean, I just don't like you said. I don't really like the longevity of Rebecca's offense when he's fighting someone else who, you know, is experienced as experienced as a guy like Loic. Um, and, um, you know, in, you know, long fights, you know, that, that being said as well, um, and, you know, he can stay offensive. So, yeah, I think, um, Loic did, yeah, he did get tired against Esteban, dude, but that was cause he was fucking that dude. I mean, he was beating him up a little bit. Like he was kind of, you know, uh, you were using his wrestling, like he was controlling the fight. I think in this fight, in the fight that is going to be maybe more competitive back and forth, you know, there's going to be times where he actually can uh, conserve some of his gas and just be better than this guy uh, later on in the third rounds. Because I do think if this fight is going the distance, which 
Um, I think it's like minus like one set like one seventy or something like that to go the distance. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a little bit more. But um, what's it called? Uh, I think the third round could be very key in who wins this. Um, so I actually do like the plus money side on Loic. It's not a bet that I'm like, hey, like I'm I'm itching to make. You know, at the like the plus one thirty number, I was hoping. I think it came down a little bit, but I was hoping to be, you know, maybe uh, Rebecca be more like a minus one seventy favorite, and I could get a one fifty or you know maybe a little bit more on uh, Loic. But I'm gonna keep monitoring it, and uh, and I do kind of like Loic. Maybe he Loic by decision, but he's got some sneaky power every now and then. And uh, Southpaw versus Orthodox, you know, Kilcliffe versus ATT. You know, you could see um uh loic you know uh counter one of these big little overhands that this guy's you know this, this dude be throwing um but I, i'll take i'll, I'll go with loic so we'll, we got another fight here where we're oppo yeah that's good uh loic was almost on the ultimate fighter yeah ultimate was, fighter he was, imagine that um but yeah, I, I, those are all valid points. I mean, people, uh, Rebecca, it's not around Bessie, whatever. Uh, it's not like he was fresh in round two, three versus no, Glory, right? No, I mean, no. he was, this guy's, uh, this guy just, his style seems like he's fought guys that are significantly worse than him in most of his fights and he's powered through those wins. But he's finally getting a guy against him who is like on his same level here in the week. So I don't Absolutely. like, the I don't like the juice on, on Rambeski here. Um, that's going to move us along to the welterweight division. Now, uh, Randy Brown taking on Wellington Terman Terman going down to 170 here. They have Randy Brown minus 220, uh, Terman plus 185. Both guys coming off of, uh, of losses here. And uh, it's your turn to start this one off. Let's hear it. It, it is. So the, we got two Northeast guys going at it, right? Uh, Terman now lives in uh, in Connecticut. Obviously, Randy Brown, New York's own. Um, and I really want to like Randy Brown more in this fight. And I'm thinking about it. I'm like, man, he just in a, he's in a dust Terman. You know, reach advantage. He's going to jab this guy up, land a punch, you know, overhand right or something. You know, maybe mix in the kicks. But then I'm thinking about it. And Randy Brown himself. You know, like you saw him get choked and knocked out and choked out by uh, Jack Della. His chin is himself is him himself is fragile, and it's because he's gonna have the same problem that freaking Terman has right now, which is you know the guys probably should be at 185, both of them. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you right now, Randy Brown, like that's why his takedown offense is bad sometimes and stuff like that. Guys depleted from these weight cuts. You know, he cuts a lot of weight. To make 170 um and that's the same thing that's going to be set for Terman um here um so i think Terman's gonna have to obviously scoop this guy up get a, get a double leg right you know same, similar thing to what uh Ter, uh, Ter, uh Ronaldo, excuse me uh did in his last fight right he kind of just powered through try to get inside this guy's reach and Terman can't do that you know but the thing is this guy's slow man he's slow footed and he's even slow like um, I've never heard someone say this, but he's even like slow wasted Martian. Like, you know, when you're like bobbing, when you're like trying to bend your knees and like bobbing, weaving shit like that, he's just slow with that too. Like his whole like torso, like that shit just moves slow. <laughs> um, so I think he's going to be there for Randy Brown to just hit him up the middle, rip uppercuts, those knees, those, you know, front kicks and shit like that. So, you know, if I could bet on like bet MGM. And they give you like a huge number, like front kick KO, some crazy shit like that. <laughs> that would be super fun, dude. Um, but I just think that that's gonna probably happen. But you know, I could see this guy countering a jab, throwing an overhand right, hitting Randy Brown, getting him in the clinch, taking him down and shit. Um, but Randy Brown, I think, should be able to piece Termin up the uh, more likely than not. 
But whenever a guy changes your weight classes like this, but you know, I don't really like. I don't really. I'm not, I mean, Terman, we did. I did bet him against Pet- uh, Petrovsky. Was his last fight? Yeah. And it just, I, I'm just avoiding him. I'm avoiding his fights from now on. I sometimes I do well on them. Sometimes I don't do well on them. Um. So yeah. But that that's that with that. I actually bet on him in his last fight again before that Misha Serkinov. I was bet on him again there. So. I'll, yeah. be, I'll be betting on tournament fights. That was a sketchy one. I, I, I kind of have very little conviction here, except that uh, I guess the line is probably about accurate. You know, um, Terman, he had to go down to 170 because things aren't really working for him. Uh, I mean, just looking at his recent results or his UFC career results, I mean, lost a decision to Carl Roberson. Incredible. Some went to a split with Sam Alvey just in 2021. He lost round one to Misha Serkinov, uh before getting that arm bar. So, I don't think the guy is any good. Uh, you know, he's he is young. He's only 26. He's training with Glover. But I haven't been seeing, like, any improvements out of the guy, really. I think his striking is pretty bad. And if he can't take guys down, he's in deep trouble. Now, um, I think he will come out here with a pretty wrestling-heavy game plan versus Brown, which is something Brown hasn't actually faced a lot of in his career. If we look at the guys he's fought, uh, he's fought a, a remarkable lack of wrestlers. Um, so I think, you know, it's interesting to see to see uh, how his defensive grappling here looks because we have not seen it uh, much at all lately. Um, so I think based the fact that we have not seen him fa- face many wrestlers, he did get stuck on bottom in all around three versus Trinaldo. I mean, the guy actually lost the battle of cardio to 43 year old Francisco Trinaldo, uh, a historic career lightweight in, in his second most recent fight. So I think based on that alone, uh, it's probably dog or pass here, but uh, Terman's career, him dropping down to 170, I'm not excited at all about betting him here. Um, if anything, maybe Terman's sub at like six to one because if he's if he's winning the fight, he's grappling, and if he's grappling, the sub might be live. You know, uh, our boy Jack Della did just sub him after knocking him down. So. He's not my boy. Don't be saying our boy, not my boy. Um, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm with Sean Brady, you traitor. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that one. That, yeah, I haven't I haven't thought about that one yet. We'll get there later. Um, I'll dare you. I'll dare next you. fight. Next fight. Uh, we got Neil Magny, Phil Rhodes sticking with the 170 division. Um, and we have Rome or excuse me, Magny favored minus 170 row plus 145. Man, this fight just makes my head hurt. Honestly, both these guys are, are just kind of confusing at times. Uh, Magny has a mythical way of pulling fights back and, you know, getting guys into the clinch and winning decisions. Roe has a way of coming back. I mean, the fact that Roe is coming off of three UFC knockouts in a row uh, is pretty funny to me. Um, you predicted the last one, though. You did predict that one. We were on Phil Roe. We were, yeah. Plus we money versus Nico. That was good. I mean, the guys, I great. think... I think he's, you know, I don't know what the market has a good idea about Roe. Um, but in, in this one, uh, the way I'm thinking is that if if, if Witt and, and Kasi were able to pin Roe to the fence and take him down, I think Ooh. Maggie is is likely to be able to do the same thing. What did I, did I miss? No, no, you spitting. No, you spitting. Uh, okay. Um, so if, if those guys were able to do it, I think it's likely Neil is able to do it as well. Those guys have a little bit more just like raw aggression and, and a little bit of wrestling than Magni does. Uh, but I just think that 
that Rowe's going to play around on the outside. He's they're both going to kind of stare at each other and you know throw kicks and 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 punches that aren't going to land on each other. And then eventually they're going to tie up and it's going to go to the clinch. And I think that Magny is just so so proven at at somehow lulling guys into a clinch and winning decisions that way. That I think that that's what I lean for to happen here is that Magny to win a, a unimpressive decision. Don't think it's any groundbreaking analysis. I just don't have a good read on this one, but. I do have one bet on the fight, and that is Magni to win by sub in rounds two or three at plus twenty three hundred odds. Mm. Um, and I just think that you know that 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 Roe collapsing here late uh, is mm. possible. Because, well, the one thing I think is Rose, how much twenty three to one, twenty three to one. Yeah, to Ooh, get a nice. sub in either of the because um the the two fights I mentioned, Kasi and Wit, uh, Roe struggled early on in that one, and then he came back and knocked him out late. I actually think we might see Roe. Uh, have success here early on land some punches on Magni maybe even drop Magni and then uh, he might actually struggle with the cardio late like he does it could look similar to the Magni and Max Griffin fight actually so um, what about you yes I mean I got some thoughts on this one because seldom do you see a guy like Neil Magni 37 fights overall right going against a guy with 13 fights right and neil magny's got the record right what's the record like welterweight wins or some uh, some shit like that yeah 16 decision wins that's a fuck ton of ufc rounds that the guy's putting in and he's against a guy in phil Rowe. it's kind of similar to him lanky guy you know tall um you know even beats some uh or no they actually have the same reach um but you know lanky tall maybe has a little bit more punching power you know has some jujitsu as well but the problem here um, when you see this is like the guys that this guy for role has knocked out, right? Kasi and Jason Witt, right? You know, just two bums, right? Bad chins, not good fighters. And even in those fights, man, he was struggling, you know, like you said, being held against the fence, you know, and, and kind of just uh, uncorked a few shots and the guys just went away, right? And that's not who Neil Magny is at all, really. Um, if you see the times he's got finished, right? He's got submitted. It's been by literally the best guys in the division. Or guys that are known for like their jujitsu and their um control, right? Like Gilbert Burns, like uh Rafael Sunsau, even like his also Michael Chiesa, right, by decision. But you know, Damian Maya choking his ass out. It ain't Phil Rowe, dude. Um, and the thing with Phil Rowe is, yeah, I actually do think he could have some success here, but you know, uh misses weight, right? So he's missed weight a few times. Um, so let's say he's looking to make weight this time, right, Martian? Let's say he's looking to miss make weight. So he's cutting the additional like two and a half pounds, whatever it is. He's never won a fight by decision. And he's against a decision goat, bro. So it's really tough for me to say, hey, let me take full row here. It's just very difficult to 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 come down to that conclusion um given that like i said mag is tough to finish magni um you know he has been rocked in a few of his fights right like you know max griffin you know rocked him and clipped him he probably should have lost that fight we were on max griffin but you know he rocked him in the, that one i think daniel rodriguez hit him with a few shots obviously shavka but these are really good fighters overall um I, I i think that i like neil magni here i just think he's gonna be able to wear on him on, on phil Rowe. i just think he's improved so much from his UFC tenure, right, you know, improving his grappling, getting submissions, you know, working his way up. So I, I think the price is still probably pretty good on Neil Bagney just because he, you know he's a fighter that is going to build into the fight uh, as well. Like, he's not going to let you down in that regard um, unless, like, Phil Rowe is, you know, some some super Saiyan dude and he's just, you know, ready to he, – he's lulling everybody to sleep and he's, like, just waiting to get a top 15 matchup to start whipping ass from bell to bell. 
But I don't think that's the case. You know, people I know people that train with Phil Rowe, they, they speak highly of him. They think he's cool and all that. But uh, but I think Neil Magnum, this is this, this looks like a matchup on paper, and I think it's gonna play out eventually. It's gonna look like a mismatch in the cage. So you like him uh, money line before the fight as well? I do like him money line. Yes. I, I hope we get a, a live bot, live bet spot on this one because uh, I don't quite love the money line past like minus one fifty. You know, so I hope Roe has an early moment we can get in on him. Um, something Decision I wanted to say. Go. Decision go. Something I wanted to say earlier is um, th- th- look out for the live bets on like these early moments in, in the round. Because like, for instance, Jared Cannonier, he got hit with a few punches versus Marvin Matori. He was plus 200 in round one. Like these live lines, they overreact to early success. So like this seems like a good like a spot where, where Roe yeah. might wobble him early and then Magny shoots up to like a huge dog. And you just know that, you know, Magny is going to come back and make it close. Right. right. Marsha, how long are the round? Five minutes. Five fucking minutes. That's what I tell people. And then uh, uh, one other point is um, Daniel Rodriguez. He got so people thought he people thought he got kind of robbed versus Dolby. They thought he got kind of lucky versus Jing Liang. He could have had an argument for being eight and zero in the UFC. And then Neil Magny beat him easily. Like he yeah, really easy. like. Yeah, I mean, he he ran through, you know, Kevin Lee, Mike Mike Perry, Preston Parsons. Like he was he was looking good, and then Neil Magny won beat him decisively. So, um, and then it's just Neil, Neil Magny's kind of looked old lately, but this guy, he he is longevity. He is uh, the embodiment of longevity. He longevity think, personified is what you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. I think I think we're going to see a Magny decision. Um, if longevity first, had a if longevity had a Patronin like in Harry Potter. It's it's Patrona would be Neil motherfucking Magni <laughs> for my Harry um, Potter people. Um, main card time, middleweight division time. We're back to the premier division. Brendan Allen taking on Bruno Silva. Two studs here. Brendan Allen mm-hmm. minus one ninety two favorite. Bruno Silva plus one sixty seven. Um, Brendan Allen coming off of a main event win, a finish yeah. in the main event. Yes. Remember that shit? Yes. Um, we called that one. Did we we had Brendan Allen there? I think we had. Him I there. bet the over. I don't remember if I bet. I don't think I bet. Him I have anymore. Brendan Allen. But it's your turn to start this off from great, uh, for talking yes. about this one. Let's hear it. Great fight. I love this fight. I like this fight. They were gonna have a uh, Brendan Allen fight Jack Hermanson. I wasn't feeling that fight as much. You know, I feel like Jack Hermanson deserves like some like a different kind of fight than that. But anyway, talking about this one, yeah, I thought I think Brendan Allen, man, he's actually doing a little bit better in the mixing up. You know, in his game. You know here. Um, you know, Bruno Silva's coming off that knockout over Brad Tavares. You know, Brad Tavares, he's kind of just like, right, that was his last fight. I'm not missing. He's just like yeah. a little bit of a lunkhead. You know, he just doesn't, he doesn't mix up the martial arts very well. You know, he he kind of relies on his chin, his durability, you know, just being able to be there. Um, and he just didn't give, uh, and he doesn't kick. He doesn't do that much. Oh, you know, he calf kicks sometimes. But he doesn't really give a lot of stuff for the opponent to, to worry about. Where I do think that, um, uh, Brendan Allen does a lot better. And you saw that in the Gerald Mershart fight, right, Martian? That Gerald Mershart gave this motherfucker a lot of shit to worry about. He was throwing those overhands. He was, you know, working his jab, shooting takedowns, going for submissions eventually. Um, and it was just like a much more, you know, uh, hectic fight. And I think that's where Brendan Allen really does uh, excel at. I do think potentially if Brendan Allen is working too hard to get these takedowns, similarly to the Chris Curtis thing, like, you know, posi- stuff like that, he can't get clipped. He can't get caught. He can't be defensively irresponsible. So obviously he could get finished here. I think that's kind of priced in here. I think the upside here is on the Brendan Allen side, just because I do feel 
when that he will be able to find his way into takedowns here. And if not, use his kicks, use his improved striking, which I do think it has improved, to chip away at Bruno Silva, uh, slow him down as he comes in, and strategically and tactically win this fight. Might not be an early finish, might take a little bit longer, but I do think eventually Brendan Allen pulls away in this fight. I don't mind him at the juice price either. I am taking a few favorites this week. I do have some action. Um, you know, it's not my, my favorite bet on the car, like I said. You know, I do think I would I would like uh, I actually like Neil Magny more than I like Brendan Allen. I think oh, some people that might be flipped, but I'll probably bet them both equally and uh, see where it gets me. I, I like Brendan Allen in this fight. Yeah, I think I think uh, Allen will get it done, and I just think that uh, one takedown and Allen could potentially look like a massive, massive favorite here because um, on the feet, I, I actually think this has potential to be competitive. You know, Bruno hits hard, um, but you kind of have to engage in a, a wild fight with him on the feet for him to have success. Like Brad Tavares, like Ozzy was saying. Um, you know, he doesn't really mix up the martial arts too well because he was just trading in the pocket, wild exchanges with Bruno Silva. And that's just a really bad recipe because uh, that guy thrives on, you know, chaotic, wild exchanges. And and Bruno ga- or, and then Brad gave him that exact scenario. So I just don't think Brendan's going to do that same thing here. I think that if, if they're striking with one another and Silva does one of those, you know, patented bull rush charges with a bunch of strikes, Brendan Allen's just going to shoot a takedown and he's going to hit it because Bruno Silva's takedown defense is no good. We've seen him taken down a lot regionally even our boy wellington Terman, we were just talking about had bruno silva down and kept him down for for minutes at a time uh gerald mirchart took him down I, there must there must have been something wrong with bruno silva in that fight he must have had you know the plague or something in that fight because all-time worst performance from him there but um you know you can't really totally you know disqualify that brendan allen is kind of just a, a much more refined and functional version of uh of our boy gerald mirchart so i think uh brendan allen is is going to win this fight i think really one takedown is potentially all he could need um the the late round props for brennan allen aren't, aren't great it's only plus 500 plus 900 uh which i don't i don't think uh you can get too excited about uh, because they're definitely wise to the fact that he's live for a late finish here DraftKings has the decision only prop. You guys know about this one. Brendan Allen's only minus 175 in that market. I don't see how this fight gets to a decision and Bruno Silva can win it um, at a high rate at all. I think that would be some, some pretty fluke shit for him to win. What's Bruno by what, what do you say it was him by decision? So it's decision only. So if oh, the fight ends. Only. And it's 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 a uh, Brendan Allen minus 175. So I just think I if see. it somehow goes to full 15, I think Brendan Allen's chances are a lot higher than 65 percent here. I think they're closer to like 80 to 85. So also, yeah. yes, yeah. Also, you see, um, I mean, you saw what Brendan Allen did when he fought a guy uh, in in Puna. You know, he kind of circled, he threw that body kick, and he didn't even really need takedowns to win that fight. Um, obviously, Bruno is way more berserker than Puna. But it just showed you like what he could, what he might do to try to shut down, you know, a guy on the power hand side. So I think Brendan Allen's got a lot of. Ex- I mean, both these guys got a lot of experience, but um, he's been impressive in his last few fights. He is getting tenth tenth UFC fight in three years for Al- for Allen here. I think he's you know steadily getting better, and I uh, I think this actually has potential to be a really easy matchup for him. So. Uh, I like I like Allen here um, as well. That's going to move us along. Featherweight division, David Onama, Gabriel Santos, fun matchup here. How many uh, more have, fights do we have, dude? 
we got four we got four but one of them the next one we're not going to talk about for long because it's a bump fight but here we go uh santos favored minus 225 onama plus 190 here and you know i think the odds are kind of right here i i do because onama uh you know the guy is, is a good athlete he's very physical but his skill level i don't think is very high I think skill-wise, Santos is much better. Very smooth southpaw operator. like the way he strikes the guys on the feet. And he can hit takedowns as well. He came into to Britain uh, versus uh, Leroy Murphy. I clearly won that fight. First and third round. I mean, I really don't understand how people think that that uh, that Murphy won either of those rounds. Uh, you know, you look at the data on MMA decisions, the media, they all had it for, for Santos there. I think it was probably one of the worst decisions all year. And uh, but the market is still wise to Santos being a good fighter. I think that that's that's something that's impressive here, guys, is that even though he lost that decision, the market is still pricing him very respectfully here. Minus two twenty five. So I think that shows what kind of caliber fighter Santos is. Uh, and I think he's honestly the better striker and grappler than Onama here. The guy's cardio is good. Uh, and I think, you know, on a full camp, he's going to get to really showcase his skills here. Um, but I, looking at the odds of this one, they have um, Santos submission at plus 225 or, you know, some plus 250, uh, which I think is way too low. I think it is because if you guys remember the Onama versus Mason Jones fight, Jane, Jones took Onama down, having all kinds of subs. And it's not like Jones is a great uh, grappler, but Onama seemed to have really good resilience there. He he kept battling back versus um Nate Landwehr, even though he was in a bunch of spots, I just think I just get the vibe that Onama is very difficult to finish, and they're pricing this fight like it's likely to finish. But I think that that's wrong. I think that the overs are pretty good in this spot, and the one I like the best is the fight to start round three at minus one twenty four, uh, because I do think that, that it's possible Santos racks up enough uh, accumulation to finish the fight in round three. So I like fight to start round three minus one twenty four. Also like Santos to win in round three or by decision at plus one. 55 on FanDuel. Um, so I, I just think that this fight is going to go late. I think it's going to favor Santos. Uh, could even be a Santos decision. So uh, fun matchup here. What about you? Um, uh, you're muted here. Last thing I'll say, though, before you come in, uh, just fill the dead air. My bad. Uh, Onama KO1 is plus 1,100. I think that that's like the way he wins if he wins at all. Mm. I don't see him winning outside of round one. Yes, so. Sir. What do you got here? Yeah, yeah, my bad. So, so you definitely like the over one and a half. If, if, if someone could get it here, that minus 180, 190 number. Um, interesting fight here. You know, I think Onama uh, fights in both stances, but I, I think he's mostly a southpaw. Um, I, I just like the punches that, you know, Gabriel uh, Santos chooses, right? Like kind of how he resets after he exchanges um, either with his, you know, finishing with his hook or his cross. Um, and I kind of like Onama by, or not Onama, Santos by knockout. You know, I think you were talking about the submission, you know, being priced too high. I just think Santos by knockout, just because Onama, his defense just doesn't look that great. And like you said, I think on the mat, I could see, you know, maybe like a ground and pound thing, like if you got the mount or the back mount or something like that. But even on the feet, I just think, you know, maybe kicks, punches, not sure, just call it a hunch. You know, so I like him a little bit by knockout here. But I just think that um, Santos is a pretty high level prospect. Obviously, Onama is um is portrayed to be a high level prospect but he really hasn't fought too many people that um 
are great, and I think that Santos did get tested a little uh, uh, quite well in the Brazilian, um, you know, organizations like Jungle Fight. I think he was in an LFA and stuff. Um, and his last fight, obviously, they started him off with Leroy Murphy. Leroy Murphy is definitely a, a pretty uh, tough out, a long striker as well, similar to uh, Onama. So I think that Gabriel Santos just in fight makes great decisions. So it looks like to have a, a pretty high fight IQ. And I think this guy's going to be around for a long time, you know, in this featherweight division, maybe eventually lightweight division. I'm not sure how old he is exactly. Um, but I think it should be a good scrap. But put me down for Gabriel Santos by knockout. That's at plus 500. And I saw our boy Scrap mentioned that uh, Gabriel Santos KO or decision is plus money at plus 115. So you're kind of just fading fading position mm. there um yeah. and then yeah santos had murphy's back in in that fight but i don't think he was even like trying to finish him i don't i don't i, I think the the odds on on sub here are way off so i think that you're on a something with that ko i think there's a better bang for your buck there next fight heavyweight division total bum fight here justin taffa austin lane um but i i know it was my turn but uh i just think taffa uh, is going to probably destroy this guy. Lane's a bum grappler. Don't even think he's a good striker. So Tafa should probably just destroy this guy. Um, but, you know, not going to not gonna lay juice, minus 177. Total pass here. Dog shift fight. What are you thinking? I think this is kind of fight where, um, you know, Tafa is like a fight where a guy has his kind of like hands down, kind of like reaching out for one guy. And, you know, Tafa comes over the top with a right hook or a left hook, clips this guy in the chin. But it could go a multitude of ways. It's low-level heavyweight, like you said, kind of immobile heavyweights as well. Although Lane, I think this this Austin Lane guy was like an athlete or something like that. College, yeah, I, yeah, I forget, cool. right? Yeah, something like that. But he 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 still he don't even move all that well. Um, so don't have you know this is a gr- good fight to mix it up. You know, in the middle of the main card, I guess not one that's gonna get my money here. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, enough said about that one. Moving right on to the co-main event, Amanda Hibas, Macy Barber, uh, women's flyweight division. Uh, we have uh, Hibas uh, favored here, minus, let's see, 205, Barber plus 175. Interesting fight here. Everyone loves Hibas. Everyone hates yeah. Barber. Who you got in the co-main event? Yeah, two popular girls, you know, whether you love or hate, right? Uh, popularity is, you know, unrelated to that. So Macy Barber Duffy is a popular girl. She's been around for a while. Um, and she kind of robbed us in our last fight against uh, um, Andrea Lee. That fight was, that fight was kind of crazy. It didn't even make sense. Um, but the girl's crafty. And she's a fighter. And she's a fucking tryhard. Okay? So, you know, if, if she was a, like a 15-year-old boy, she would, you know, you'd be yelling at him in your Call of Duty lobby, you know, so hard. But um, but I can't knock her because, you know, she's trying to get the most out of her abilities. Obviously, she's nowhere close to being the youngest champion in UFC history. Um, but, you know, here against Hibas, you know, I think the, the, the benefits that she has is that Hibas, a lot of times, she's in one mode or another. She's either looking to for sure take you down to set up the takedown or she's for sure looking to jab you up, hit you with, a, you know, a few leg kicks and punches and stuff like that. You know, obviously her, you know, she was supposed to fight. Um, what's her name? Um, What's the girl that pulled out? Uh, Tracy Cortez, um, you know, beforehand, you know, and then came back in that uh, Araujo fight. 
looked pretty good, I think. I thought, um, you know, got go once she got going, got going downhill, you can see how she mixes it up pretty well, um, how her timing is pretty good, how she is energetic and has, you know, three rounds of cardio, you know, at the 125 weight class, and just overall looked great. You know, she's only lost one decision in her career, and that was against, um, you know, Caitlin Chukagian. So she's pretty reliable to be there for three rounds, you know, in my opinion. Some people talk about her chin. But, man, this is women's MMA, man. It's really hard to really hit a girl, you know, that hard and have her get off on you, you know, easily like that. Where, you know, Hibas is potent. That's the thing. Like, she's not really there to get hit um, that many times throughout the fight because, you know, you're going to have to defend her, you know, clipping you with shots. like. He did to uh, Araujo or going for the takedowns. And she's got the judo game as well. So I love Amanda Hibas. Like, she's the best. I love her. Um, so, and I think she should whip Macy Barber's ass. But I just hate Macy Barber so much that I feel uh, um, if I'm investing in it as well, it's just going to send me down a bit, like a black hole. And it's the co-main event as well. So I don't want to end my freaking, you know, uh, night off all that bad, even though I do have a bet on the main event. So I'm going to try to wait and see if I could get, like, decide on a prop here or maybe get, a, like, a better line on Amanda or, again, the live bet. I feel like I live bet women's fights very often, um, even if it's just taking one girl at big plus money. But I feel that she should be able to jab this girl up, launch some leg kicks and stuff like that. I just hope that she does not end up on her back. Um, but she is active. I don't care. Amanda Hibas is winning this fucking fight. That's all I got to say. Kick it over to you, Martian. Go ahead. Yeah, she really should. I mean, um, we we did get pretty unlucky with uh, with Lee there. Uh, I guess there's a case for Barbara winning that fight, but it all it also seemed so much easier for Lee to win like thirty twenty seven than it is for Barbara. So that that and she, didn't she close like minus like nine hundred or something? That was that was fucking sick. I remember that shit. Um, but. I think, you know, Rebus is probably a better wrestler and grappler than Andrea Lee, right? I mean, and Lee got easy takedowns and easy top position. She's definitely she's definitely a better grappler and wrestler. Yeah. I mean, uh, Lee's, Lee's good, but I think Rebus is is much better um, as, as a grappler. So if Lee was able to just get, you know, free takedowns and top time here, I mean, Rebus should as well. I really think that it's as simple as that. So I think that the line is pretty justified here. Uh, the only way I could see... Um, Barbara winning is, is if he boss for some reason, you know, gases out and maybe the second half of the fight, uh, favors Barbara. Barbara does have good cardio. She can, you know, go, go the full 15 at a pretty hard pace. And she does, you know, just have a kind of a mythical way of winning decisions, you know, now two times in a row, uh, versus Maverick and now versus Lee did she got lucky, uh, winning decisions there, but I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing people talk about, um, uh, a same game parlay for this one. You can do Amanda Hebos total uh, to get a takedown in round one at minus one thirty, uh, and then you can couple that with some other shit. So look, look at the same game parlays for this one. I think there might you might be able to concoct yourself uh, an easy winner there. Uh, with I mean, Amanda, you you would say that Amanda to get a, a takedown in the first round is more likely than you know fifty six percent, right, Ozzy? Dude, I don't know, bro. I'm not, I'm not you, I, you hate questions like this, but bro, I'm not you got a bot, dude. these are these are money making opportunities. No, dude, you don't because you don't know what their game plan is. I don't know. Bro, come on, bro. You think Re, you think Reboss is not gonna look to hit a takedown in the first round here, dude? But the thing is, the problem is, Martian, like fucking uh, Macy could throw a kick and just fall the fuck down, and you're like, oh no, fuck. she could. I don't she know. Easily I... could, dude. Easily could. 
I like that. I like it. I, let, me, let me. What about the total and and the other thing is the other thing too. Amanda Hebas does go for those dumbass. I mean, they worked on Caitlyn Chukigian, but those head and arm throws, and that easily could turn into her being on her back. So no, I don't want to fuck with that dude. That's what a take. That's fuck? a take. That's a no, no, no. No, but I'm saying if she takes her down and then doesn't solidify the position, and then this girl comes out the back door, which happened with didn't that happen with KGB? That's how KGB got caught with their head in the, between her legs and. Her, you know, head punched in. You don't remember? Mm, no, I did. I, I was too traumatized to rewatch that fight this week. But, um, but, but, but basically, I'm saying what I don't, I, I don't really fuck with that. Do you 56 to land a fucking takedown, dude? Nah, three. I'm telling you. All right, here, the, the parlay is um, Reboss to get a takedown in round one, and the fight to go over two and a half minutes at minus 120. I did see some guy mention this on Twitter. No idea who this guy you is. You gotta pay juice for that? Hell bro, no! It's gonna fucking win, bro. It's gonna Hell win. Hell no! Hell no! When you really think about Hell it, Ozzy, no. you I'm have to say that Reboss fucking same game parlay. Okay, then I'll, then I'll make a it... woman to get a fucking takedown. But you're, but it's one of the most reliable women. One of the most Not reliable to to... women. You would, you would, you would define Amanda Hebas as reliable. Reliable to attempt a takedown. No, she needs to complete the takedown. She does not need to attempt. She's gonna hit it, bro. Barbara sucks at wrestling. Um, that's a win. That's a winner. That's a winner, guys. Same game parlay winner. Um, and that's gonna move us along to main event. Uh, Ilya Tapuria's first main event featherweight division taking on the veteran Josh Emmett. The odds have this one. Uh, as Tapuria as a massive favorite, minus three fifty. Josh Emmett plus two eighty five. I believe this is seventy eight percent for Ilya Tapuria here. I don't know what's that about, but I'll let you start this one off. Yeah, you know, interesting fight come together that came together here. You know, Ilya obviously he looked great. He he steamrolled uh, Bryce Mitchell. Ob- absolutely dominated that fight. But but let let me take that back. You know, he did get taken down. I think once or twice, end up on his back there. Um, but other than that, you know, the guy looked good in that fight. You know, he's throwing power shots. He was not scared of Bryce Mitchell. What Bryce Mitchell had coming back at him at all. But now he's fighting a freaking killer, a Tasmanian devil, uh, alpha male, if you will, in Josh Emmett. And uh, Josh Emmett, you know, he's real, real, real familiar with fighting these little short chipmunk motherfuckers that want to just throw heat and throw overhands and exchange hooks, you know, and, and get in there and make it strap. So Josh Emmett will not be shying away from this fight um, here. And I think he, he likes this fight as a bounce back situation because he sees a guy Ilya Teporia, who's very, very confident, has not really fought many guys who have good cardio, have good durability, have punching power, and have some defensive wrestling as well. And just coming off two five-round, you know, five-round camps. Obviously, the last fight didn't go five rounds, but looked good in the indicator fight, I thought, even though some people didn't think he won that fight. Whatever. He went five rounds. They were scrapping. It was a fight. And, uh, you know, he edged one of the rounds. Um, so Crimea River. Uh, so you know, I I I really like Josh Emmett here, honestly, just because you know if they're just striking, man. You saw what like how he looked, like I said, in even the Yair fight, like or or let's think think of the EA fight and the Cater fight. Josh Emmett moves pretty well on the outside. You know, he's actually pretty slick with his boxing. He takes pretty good angles. He rolls with some punches uh, from time to time. You know, you saw that in the Cater fight, how he was able to avoid a lot of Cater strikes, you know, here and there. Um, and, you know, Cater has got one of the best shots in the business. But, you know, against uh, Yair, he didn't know what range he, he should have been fighting in because Yair was throwing these crazy-ass kicks hard and fast. 
and you know it's like he, he can't be outside uh you know taking the kicks but he also couldn't close distance on him and even then he did actually have some success there you know he landed some good shots his ground upon in that fight was nasty you know yeah is a tough bastard because he took a lot of those you know huge elbows and huge punches that uh this dude emmett was throwing and i mean he got caught in that triangle which is kind of on you know bad to think about but when the hell do you see Ilya Taporio on his back only against Bryce Mitchell and he kind of was not I'm not saying he's a fish there but he's not no Yair Rodriguez dude he's not fucking catching you know Josh Emmett in a triangle um and if he does Josh Emmett should leave his gloves in in Jacksonville so I don't think that's gonna happen so I could just see these guys exchanging Josh Emmett he's got his hands up he keeps his defense pretty tight he can actually jab as well he does a great switch stance uh you know hitting like uh, TJ Ala, like TJ Dillashaw and stuff like that. And he hits fucking hard. He probably hits harder than Ilya Taporia. So, you know, give me Josh Emmett all day here, dude, at, at plus 300. Like, you know, unless this guy Taporia, which I did see in his vlogs, you know, he's got some good vlogs coming out. He, he was working his, his uh, wrestling uh, at uh, Killcliffe, getting some good takedowns and stuff like that. It was looking pretty good. But I'm just not convinced that he could do that uh, consistently against a guy like Josh Emmett and then, you know, choke his ass out. So I'm going to, you know, start my fade Ilya Taporia thing here with a plus 300, 290, whatever it is. I got 295 on uh, Josh Emmett. And let's see, uh, let's, let's see what happens here. But should be a good fight. Should be a banger. Hopefully, Ilya Taporia is looking up at the lights at the end of it. Yeah, so I was rewatching some of these most recent fights of these guys. And, uh, you know, Taporia versus Mitchell. Um, I think that's obviously uh, Taporia's best win so far, the highest level opponent that he's fought. And I think he he won that fight very uh, clearly. He definitely covered his minus 150 price tag and then some. But I think that that fight was, was just sloppy and, and sketchy enough to where I still have some pretty major questions about Taporia. So when he did get taken down... At the end of round one there, he did lay on his back for a minute straight. Maybe he knew he had the round banked, but um, still, you know, he, he just one minute straight of just completely flat on his back versus Mitchell there. The second round, um, you know, Mitchell was having a little bit of success hitting Taporia there. It just seems like Taporia is a very aggressive fighter, and he he charges at his opponents. He throws reckless combinations at them, and a lot of the times it works because uh, he seems durable. He's very fast. Uh, he hits extremely hard. But, um, you know, I don't think the guy is like a defensive savant or anything. I don't think he's winning fights in a, in a very risk adverse fashion. I think he actually embraces uh, uh, the risk in some of these fights. And I think that that's just a really dangerous strategy against Josh Emmett, who is a guy uh, who hits extremely hard, who's extremely durable of his own right and has fought and, and beaten the much better competition. Undoubtedly, guys, I think if we compare Ilya Tapori's best win of Bryce Mitchell to some of Josh Emmett recent win i mean six wins in a row i think could all qualify as better wins with uh with ricardo lamas michael johnson mersad bechik uh burgos Ige, and cater no doubt that burgos Ige, and cater are better than than emmett or better than mitchell and i think there's a good, good chase uh can't chance excuse me that uh bechik and uh, lamas are better than than mitchell as well so you know, I just think that this price is crazy when you think about it. You know, over 75% for uh, Taporia to win this one. 
And if we're thinking about how Taporia is most likely to win, if if it's striking, right, guys, is, Calvin Cater is a great striker. Dan Nige is a great striker. Burgos are great strikers. Those guys didn't come close to looking minus 300 over Josh Emmett. And if you're talking about grapplers, you know, he's also fought great grapplers like Lamas and Bektik. And Nige is a good grappler of his own right. And those guys aren't getting easy takedowns. You know, Emmett has a wrestling background of his own. I don't think that Taporia is going to get easy takedowns here. I don't think he's going to have an easy time outboxing him here. And like Ozzy was saying about the Yair fight, Yair, a uh, uniquely difficult opponent for Emmett because he's very long. He's very in and out. He used his kicks to enter in the, the pocket very successfully there. Uh, but, uh, uh, Taporia doesn't do that, man. He is, you know, he's kind of a, a shorter, uh, um, shorter reach fighter. So he's very comfortable boxing. He's very comfortable boxing in the pocket. And I just think that he's going to give Josh Emmett his ideal conditions. And that's going to be for these guys to swing at each other's chins and exchange shots in the pocket here. And I think Josh Emmett is very live to win that type of fight. So I think that the price of plus 285 is crazy on Emmett. I think the only way that Emmett looks that bad is just if he's completely done. I mean, we did see him. Him look uh very i would say one of his worst performances against yair there was some rumors about injuries going into that fight but the fact that he's taken an, another main event just four or five months after that fight shows that i don't think there's probably any injury there and uh you know he was just in a five-round war against calvin cater one year ago to the day and that was a great point that was a great point Sorry. and he won that fight you know guys i mean i mean i thought calvin cater deserved that decision but you got to say to yourself if Calvin Cater, a proven great boxer, great five-round fighter. If Josh Emmett was able to keep it close enough with him to steal a split decision there, how the hell is he a near three-to-one underdog against Taporia, who we've seen in the, in the UFC, he's fought in the round three one time, and it was widely agreed upon that he was gassed out in that round three. You'll hear people say that was short notice versus law. You'll hear people say that he had the flu in that fight, but that doesn't change the fact that the only time we've seen him in round three he was gassed out versus Yusef Salah, who is, uh, you know, I would say an average fighter at best. Um, so I, I think this line has way too many uh, assumptions about Taporia. I think the guy is a, a good, fun, promising prospect, but I just think that minus 350 is, is way out of control here. So happy to have a bet on Emmett here. I have a lot of action on this card. I'm really looking forward to some of these fights. I think it's a pretty good fight night, top to bottom. I think, you know, we got Tyra as the second fight, Emmers versus Jenkins as the third fight. Trevor Peak's going to be entertaining. Some some good women's fights and Richie Robertson uh, and uh, Rebos Barber. Um, excited to see uh, uh, Brendan Allen Allen in action. So really good card, top to bottom here. Um, any closing thoughts before we wrap this bitch up, Ozzy? No, not really. But we're in week what, like four now? Of we uh, thirteen weeks in a row. So we're gonna keep uh, we're gonna keep firing away. So let's do this. I like the sound of that. So uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for enjoying the podcast this week. Make sure you check out the list of the worst UFC fighters of the past three years. Uh, got everyone talking on Twitter about that one lately. Um, that's that's just the type of role I am as the most polarizing figure on MMA Twitter. Uh, but um, yeah, that's enough about this one. Uh, we will see you all before the next UFC event next week. Uh, hope you all enjoy the fights, win some bets, and we'll see you all next week. Peace out, everyone.